You're listening to Borderline Idealist. Join us every Sunday for new episodes where we focus on introverts, highly sensitive people, and mental health. Log on to BorderlineIdealist.com for past episodes, blog posts, and to find ways to support us. Together, we can give a voice to introverts and tear down mental health stigma. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Borderline Idealist. This is AJ. Hey, guys. This is Chris. And we apologize for getting the episode a little um, a little late this time, getting it out um, a little into 11 p.m. on Sunday. That's Chris's fault. Mm-hmm. He's going to blame me. He's going to blame me. But it doesn't matter where the blame falls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What matters is this is a great topic uh, for your work week, I think. So it'll be great to listen to on Mondays. If, if you listen to it tonight, that's great. But I think Monday morning and during the week, this would be a great topic for you to listen to on your commute. So what is the topic? Chris, don't ask me like that. Ask me with respect. <laughs> <laughs> May I ask what the topic is? So tell us about the topic, AJ. Okay. The topic is anxiety and depression while working. Hmm. And this is something that I think every um, everyone can relate to, a topic that everyone can find uh, something that maybe they've dealt with in the past um, that they've brought to work, negative feelings that they've maybe had at home and then brought to work with them. Mm-hmm. I know for me, I have a short-term job right now because I got back into looking for a full-time job, and right now I'm a waiter, um, and it's it's fun. It keeps me on my toes, uh, helps me to exercise, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, because I get to run around. The tips are good, uh, so, you know, I'm just, like I said, doing it short, short-term because, man, it's a lot. Uh, but I, I started regretting it a little bit because of my anxiety. And what I mean by that is the anxiety of, uh, being afraid of doing something wrong in public, Mm -hmm. being afraid of making a fool of myself in public. I'm carrying trays with me, you know, a whole bunch of plates. What if I, what if they crack and explode? You know, to even, you know, sometimes I'll be looking around for something in the kitchen. I was looking for uh, vinegar the other day, balsamic vinegar, and nobody would show me where it was. And I was getting really frustrated, and it was showing on my face. And I finally asked the manager, I was like, can you show me where it is? And she went, and she got it, and she... She was just like, it's right there. It's simple. It's easy. And she's like, <laughs> and she's like, are you okay? Are you doing all right? You know, trying to act like I'm histionic and just crazy and losing my mind. And I'm just like, well, I am a little bit because, you know, no one's helping me. I don't know what kind of container it comes in. I just started working here. <laughs> but that kind of anxiety, you know, even to the anxiety that I, you know, oh, everyone's going to think I'm stupid. Everyone's going to think I, you know, don't know what container mayonnaise comes in yeah i would think they would 
be more helpful since for to all news people who are new. Well, if anyone has has been a server before, you you can realize you know in it's a fast paced environment, especially when it's really busy. So I could understand because nobody really had time to show me where it was. They were just describing where it was, and I their description just was not helping. Hmm. I was I like, know. can you make me a map? You know, <laughs> I, I guess because I've I've been in those situations, so I'm a little bit more sensitive to it. Um, for example, uh, there's the new person at my job as well. He's been there for a couple of months now, but if somebody's new, I take the time to instruct and show. That's the way I learn. So I'm more sensitive to people when I'm teaching and I'm guiding to make sure that I give the proper support at the at the beginning. So that's why, but not everybody's like that. And not everybody thinks about, you know, other people and what, what they might be going through or how they may not be as familiar with the setting. Yeah. And I know people like you and me do, but you know, not everyone is that, uh, mentally health conscious or thinking about the anxiety, how extreme the anxiety is with someone else um, in their mind. So, so what do you do if, if you're, uh, if you're really stressed at work, mm -hmm. what do you do to de-stress to, to calm down a little bit? Wow. What do I do to calm down? <laughs> I've been doing this thing where I take a second and just center myself. I close my eyes and take some deep breaths and kind of center myself for a second. Mm -hmm. And usually in that moment, I'm thinking, okay, what do I have to do? Table 42 needs uh, a, a fork. This table needs dipping sauce. This table, okay, everything's going to be all right. Just take it one step at a time. You know, that's what I'm saying to myself. I, I've been lucky that I haven't had a panic attack or an anxiety attack, but that's probably due to my my medicine and also a, a lot of self-talk to myself hmm. uh, because I try to keep myself positive and I'm just like, you know what? Don't think about it. Don't stress too much. If you don't get a tip from these people, whatever, you just got to keep going. And that that's why I, I really loved being a server when I, that was a couple of years ago when I was a server because it teaches you so much. I think Ellen DeGeneres said in one of her comedy specials that everyone should be a server, you know, at, at least some, once in their life. Yeah, yeah, one time in their life because it makes you humble and... It's you, a lot of work and it, a lot of people don't realize how much goes into it. Yeah. And, you know, people tend to either romanticize or oversimplify jobs. It's like he's talking about me because I <laughs> I do that. I'll be, I'm like, oh, I'll get this job and it'll be great. I, I just look at all the shiny, nice stuff, and then I get there and I'm like, management sucks. What the? <laughs> and management at the restaurant where I work is not the best. It is not, and it just it ticks me off. So I did romanticize it. I'm, and, I'm sorry. Well, and I try to be, you know, and well, I remember when you were looking at jobs. I'm like, well, think about this. Think about that. Um, you know, trying to bring into attention, not to rain on the parade, because if you really wanted something, then you should go for it, right? But just to remind you of what it all entails to be a server. It's not just, you know, 
busing table. It's not just serving people. It's busing tables. It's handling errors from other people and no tips. I mean, there's and so many personalities. There's so much. Oh, so many personalities. That's you have to get along with. You have to get along with so many different people because you have to ask them for help. I mean, do- that's why it's so surprising for me that you feel comfortable there because if I had, you know, BPD or as was diagnosed with depression and anxiety, I would not want to be in one of those places because I feel like, you know, I, you would be more comfortable in an office setting where you can interact with people, but it's limited and it's not high pressure. Like I feel like rest, especially restaurants is high pressure. Um, during lunch hour, people are busy or trying to get in and out or they have whatever drama there's going on in their lives. Um, and unfortunately people will take that with them when they go to the restaurants. I've never understood that. I'm like, if you have, if you're dealing with drama and somebody greets you with a smile and a positive energy, I'm like, just accept that, you know, feed from that for that, that hour that you're there. (laughs) I, I don't understand that either. There was a lady that came to the restaurant and a server greeted her and she was just really short and rude with her. And the server kept, uh, kept coming back over and checking on her. You know, are you ready to order? Do you want some drinks? And the lady ended up getting up and going to find a manager and being like, "This, um, the service here sucks. And blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, what? And you could tell that she had, there was something that was going on. She was already mad coming in. She's like, you know what? Since I'm mad, I'm going to make everybody, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> live in hell with me. But uh, going back to... This, this job of being uh, a server and then having BPD, mm-hmm. it really, it shocked my parents too. When in the past, I I was on the cycle where I would go to college and then have to medically withdraw because I would start cutting myself or uh, try, to, try to commit suicide. And then I'd have to go back home and live with my parents for a bit. And then I would go back to college and try again and stay for... A little while, and then same same thing. I I try to do something, and then go back home. So I ended up getting a job as a server at Olive Garden, and my parents were like, "I don't think that's the job for you," because before that, I had a job at a calling center. Which, if you've ever worked at a call center, it it really sucks. I mean, Chris is Chris is like, "Wouldn't you like an office setting?" <laughs> I mean, you're sitting down, but just calling keep... center is not an office setting. Hey, it's you're you're in an office like no. building. When I say <laughs> office, office setting, building. I mean like a receptionist at a at a design firm or yeah. at a, a real real estate or you know that's to yeah. me that's an office setting. Well, yeah, I don't. If you've ever worked in a call center, you know. For mm-hmm. me, at least, it was like you know I would be on the phone with someone talking trying to solve the problem, going through a whole bunch of stuff on the computer, panicking and talking like, yeah, I'm having a great day. How are you? One second. And then as soon as the call ends, you get a beep and then, hello, (laughs) this is AJ. How can I help you? It just goes on and on and on and on. I mean, you can't even put the phone on rest. You know, you can't, uh, I mean, like hold or, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I, I hated that. So I ended up leaving that job. One day I went on a break and I never came back. <laughs> and my manager was calling me. I was like, there's no way. You know, it was good money, too. Back then, you know, I was making like 8 or $9 an hour. I was like, you know what? This is good money. 
<laughs> but it was not worth it. So then I got the job at Olive Garden, and my parents were like, I don't think that's what you want. That's a lot of anxiety. But it really helped me because when you're working with that many people you're um, that that are doing a job that depends on cooperation, you have to be a team player. If someone says, hey, can you get this for me? It will behoove you to do that because you may have to call them for a favor. Hey, can you take these drinks to this table? Can you take the sauce to this table? I just got double sat. You know, I just got two tables at the same time. Can you help me out? Everyone, everyone needs help. No server can go to the job and just do everything themselves and not talk to anybody. I have to, I have to go and yell at the chefs and be like, they want this cooked again. Or can I get a side salad, please? I feel so mean yelling at the chefs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but but somehow um, I was able to work through my anxiety with that that job. Well, you deal with your anxiety at work, so you're te- you're telling you're telling us that you know you can deal with it. The medication definitely is a big help, but there's also um, like a positive reinforcement that you talk to yourself, right? How you talk to yourself mm-hmm. to build yourself up. But um, how does it? What about after work? What about off work hours how does your depression or anxiety um how does that stress of work affect you uh, our relationship or your relationship with others when you come home i try very hard not to bring home any problems from work and there's there's a difference i think if you know, sometimes you'll come home and talk to me about something that happened at work that annoyed you or something that a customer said. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I mean, I I like hearing those stories from you because it helps you de-stress. And I like doing that with you too, being like, oh man, I can't believe this table did this. But but when I had, uh, when I was working at the hotel before, like, what was that last year? Yeah. When I was working at, at the hotel, I had a lot of, a lot of anxiety and I, I would just think about things for days mm-hmm. you know i could not let it go so i'm able to let it go now and that well that was also when you weren't taking medicine yeah i wasn't taking medicine and just... yeah, you would go on for days about the same thing that mm-hmm. happened two three days ago and you were just so fixated on those small things that you couldn't let go and it was it was at work and at home yep anywhere i was and i know we've been talking a lot about anxiety at work because you know i think that's something that affects me every day and does it affect you chris do you have like intense anxiety well i know everyone has anxiety at work but do you have any like intense anxiety at work well it's time for you to go to bed (laughs) sorry i told you to put your phone on silent (laughs) i totally forgot I sound silent now. Sorry. I'm um, not going to edit that out <laughs> because I want people to know that you're not perfect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is some anxiety. I think it's mostly when I'm dealing with really big projects that I know it's thousands of dollars of that uh, that are on the line. And a screw up from my end will either ruin a lot of material, delay the project in production... Or both. <laughs> but you've made those mistakes before. I have right? in the past. Yes, I've I've made some big mis- I've made some mistakes that have cost us like the cost the company some and money. Your boss has yelled at you, right? 
It hasn't gotten to that point because Has he, like, I, ra- I thought he raised his voice at you or no, he's done it for because that, that for would, other people that would kill me if if I made a mistake and then somebody came to me and be like, "How could you?" I'm yeah. just like, "Oh my god, I fucked up everything." Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that hasn't happened to me, and I think it's a combination of I don't make a lot of mistakes. I may have in the past, but they were minor mistakes or they were on mistakes on projects because of of course they had me working on projects that were minor mm-hmm. um but now i don't make as uh as many mistakes if i do ever, ever. i mean i don't know <laughs> it sounds a little you make mistakes um, everyone makes mistakes but you know i it's what was i saying oh yeah so that about mistakes that doesn't happen to me as often so <laughs> I don't worry about it as much, I, I guess. I'm not as anxious as, like I said, it's only on the big projects where I know I, I need to be extra careful with setup, especially with production. Because if I make a mistake, then it's not just my mistake that mm-hmm. I have to correct. It's Then it pushes the timeline for all of production. Then Ken would, um, who's a, a co-worker, he would not only waste material, but waste his time. And then he's upset, so then it puts everybody else on tension. <laughs> and that's the thing. When I see somebody else is upset, I feel the tension, I guess. That's when I'm the most anxious because I want to, I don't like to work in, an, in a place setting where people are upset because that type of energy just, it feeds, it like eats you up, I feel like. I, I just mm-hmm. don't like knowing people are upset and. Yeah, it can affect the team, you yeah. know, especially if somebody is. Let's talk about depression a little bit. If somebody on your team is notice uh, noticeably depressed or sad, not the same, angry all the time, which can also be a part of depression, right? Mm-hmm. So I know you were talking about if somebody feels that way at work, um, you can feel that too. Well, it puts me on like it puts mm-hmm. me on edge because I want to make sure that other people are comfortable, and I want to I want to pr- create a space where everybody's comfortable and everybody feels like they can work and they are well, in a good place. Have you ever? How do I ask this? Had somebody? You know, you you have you ever talked to somebody before, and they seemed okay, and maybe later on they admit to you that they were going through depression. Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Has it ever happened to you, like at at work? Yes. Oh, really? I I know. <laughs> oh yeah, do you know that? Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, I've just... talked to you about it. I don't. Not, I don't want to <laughs> name any names because no, don't. No. <laughs> you know, people, I have um, people coworkers have told me things in confidence, and you know, if they don't want to share it with everybody, then I don't feel comfortable sharing it here. Even though I'm sure none of you guys know my coworkers. Well, but... I, I just want to talk about, you know, just bringing that depression to work. And I know that when I was depressed, I didn't think that it affected you, but it did. Does that in any way like affect 
I guess, teamwork or, I mean, I, did well, anybody else know or, cause, cause I'm pretty good at hiding or it, I think I'm pretty good at hiding those things from people. Well, I feel like it does in a way affect teamwork because, you know, if, if you're depressed, then you have different ways of dealing with it. Some can be bursts of anger of others can be lack of motivation or, or if you have anxiety, it can paralyze you from making decisions or it can mess you up because you're thinking of so many other things right so then if you mess up then you get somebody else upset and then it starts to chain and then the other person's upset because you screwed up and then now it's screwed up their end and they have extra work on top of the added pressure of meeting the same deadline so then they're upset and so now you have a chain of people upset <laughs> And so then that doesn't allow for much, um, what's that word? Oh, like collegial. Chris is always losing words. <laughs> Excuse me. I have two languages that I have to juggle in my oh, head. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so, you know, then it, it makes, it makes things so tense that people have to feel like, or at least some people have feel like they have to walk around on eggshells because they don't want to upset anybody and they don't want to make things worse, hmm. right? So if you already know that, you know, that person doesn't like me, then I'm going to be more stressed about doing my job because I don't want to, you know, get the other person upset. And so I think in certain ways it does affect teamwork and it does affect the way people communicate because also... If you know the other person doesn't, or you feel like the other person doesn't like you, then you're not going to be as comfortable talking to them, approaching them and say, and asking questions, asking for suggestions, you know. So uh, I, that's another way that it can affect teamwork. I used to bring depression to work almost every day. But well, that was it was you were diagnosed. I mean, you had a yeah. medical condition, so it's not like you can just check it out. <laughs> yeah, but but it was disguised as me being happy and doing my job. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I was still a good employee, but well, I will I, I say think this... I would I think I would feel most of it when I went home. It's funny because the person, I mean, there's, I will say one of the persons that had that at work who deals with depression was also voted employee of the year three years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not that they can't do their work or they don't. Most of the time I would say that people, you know, would deal like you, like you, for example, like you said, you put an extra effort to do a very good job at work because you want to hide your condition, right? Mm -hmm. So you put in that much more effort into doing a good job and it shows so, and similarly with the other persons at work, it shows, and they do a really great job, but they, that doesn't negate the other facts that it can create a, a work environment that's not the best for everybody to do their best. My feelings are, if you are going through depression at a job, then it might be, and I wish I would have done this but it might be good to actually take some time off i never liked taking time off mm -hmm. i did not i even to my last day at that job i didn't use 
a lot of vacation days. <laughs> um, because I, I guess I felt like my job was my escape, I guess. Or, you know, if I was doing good at that, then, you know, I, I felt like I was achieving something. And, and it, I would sort of think to myself, well, I don't really have anything to really be depressed about. I'm doing pretty, pretty good. I can, I can say, like, you know, thinking throughout my life, I've never felt like I was depressed. Thinking back, of course, you always, looking back, you always, it's always 2020, I say. So I do remember in college when I was in sophomore, my sophomore year, looking back, I realized that was what it was. I was depressed. Before I came out of the closet, I was going through a really hard time internally I didn't know what was going on. I've had always been a straight A student, A or B student, B a few a couple of times, but <laughs> mostly straight A's. Really? You even gotten A or B in PE? Uh no, I got A's and PEs. <laughs> oh, okay. Excuse okay. me. <laughs> <laughs> um so, you know, at college I was a straight A when I started college, straight A's. I had the Hope scholarship, I had a couple other scholarships that I had earned that won. And then after freshman year, during the early part of my sophomore year, um, I just, I didn't know what was going on. I wasn't doing my homework. I wasn't, um, I think I was attending class. Maybe I was skipping a few classes, but I don't think it was that bad. I would attend and I just, I wasn't be I wasn't able to concentrate. And it was because I was dealing with my hope and internal homophobia that I had. I wasn't able to accept myself for who I was during that time. And so that caused all of my grades to plummet. I mean, I I look at my pro, my um grade sheets and you know A A A A A A A B A A and then sophomore year comes around Fs and D. And you, you know, that's and that sounds like mine. <laughs> <laughs> that is a big sign as to, you know, something is not right here. You know, you can't be an all-A student and then all of a sudden fail all your classes with everything being the same. So looking back, I realized that's what it was. I was I was depressed and I didn't know how to handle it. I did uh, drop out of school. Of course, uh, my parents were completely against it because everybody was against it because they say, once you, if you drop out of school, you're never going to go back mm. because life is going to happen you're just going to find excuses, this or that, and you're never going to get back. And luckily, I had the opportunity to have the support of my parents that did help me go back. Because, of course, because of those failing grades, I lost my scholarships. So when I, when I was ready to go back two years later, I think it was a year and a half or two later, I had the support of my parents. Luckily, school was still cheap enough that they could help me my first semester. After my first semester, I I got all A's again. I pulled up my GPA, and I was able to apply for not Hope Scholarship, but I was able to apply to a lot of the other independent scholarships that were available for art students, and that's how I made it back. I came when I came back, I picked up right where I left off, all A's with a few B's, and so ever since then, when when I came back, I also took on a lot more responsibilities. I was the art, um, the art guild, or art, or we had arts an arts co- uh, council. Well, I was in the I was 
the so art club places. member. I was the art club president. And then I was also in the a council member. I was like the representative for the the photography department to our our um what do you call them? Oh, I'm so it's late. <laughs> That's my excuse to the main office of the of uh, the art department, and I was also an editor for the the school's magazine art art and literary magazine. So I was taking on a lot of responsibilities. And I also had the opportunity to talk to a lot of other people, especially freshmen that were coming in. And when I did, I, I that was my number one recommendation. If you feel like you need to take time off, do it. Because you're only hurting yourself by not doing it, by not giving yourself the time that you need to reflect, to get yourself together emotionally, mentally. And because that was the best decision that I could have made. If I continued school, I've only I've only would have done the same, gotten more Fs, which would have made me more depressed because I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and maybe I wouldn't have faced my the internal homophobia that I was dealing with. I would have just hidden it deeper down. Well, that's sort of like what I did with my job, you know, putting in my two weeks and taking some time. Mm-hmm to focus on myself but I would always hear from my colleagues that if I do that then that's the end of my career because there's going to be a big gap and they're going to and people are going to see that I don't have employment and I'll never be able to get another job again which is bull I mean and <laughs> well they make you feel that way you have to they, they kept telling me you have to keep getting promotions so I was like, okay, I'll keep getting promotions. So I kept doing that. You have to do this. You have to ask for more money. You have you have to do this. You have mm-hmm. to do that. But I mean, the... and it's just it's just a whole game of just climbing this ladder. And you know, after doing it for so long, I was just like, why am I doing this? <laughs> but it's like, and it's like I've told you, you know, people understand that life happens. I think most people have experiences like like ours. Where you need some time off, and you, that's what interviews are for. You know, that's what cover letters well, are for. Well, you would think that. You would think that people would understand that. But my brother still works at the the hotel where I work, and he told me told me that every time he tells people that I'm podcasting, they just kind of give him a strange look, like, "What? He hasn't gotten another promotion. He hasn't been working somewhere. He's not. You know, they they look at him like, oh." Poor AJ. Oh, you know, like I, I've fallen from grace. And at, at first it made me feel kind of bad, but then I, I feel kind of happy that I'm not living up to these people's expectations of me because who the fuck are they anyway? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know them, you know, they're not even on my Facebook. You know, I don't talk to them. I don't see them at family gatherings. You barely Facebook. <laughs> you know, and I barely know them. So well, it, it's my life and exactly. everyone, you, it's, you can't live. You don't have to be expected to have the same job from 20 until you, you know, you retire. Or you, know, you can do different things. You can't be expected to follow somebody else else's career path either. I mean, everybody has different career paths or different paths of lives that they want to take and it's similar to what I told my mom when I came out you know I I don't care what people think if people want to 
shot at homophobic slur, or, you know, taunts at me or whatever. I'm like, it's going to happen. It's already happened with me being in the closet. People would make fun of me because I did have certain um, ways of expressing myself that were not, quote unquote, manly. You know, I've always been off. <laughs> um, so I, I was always getting picked on for, you know, especially by guys because, you know, of how I wasn't like one of the guys. Hmm. So I'm like, that's going to happen. And that's fine. I'll deal with it. But I'd rather me be honest to myself and that being then that happening to me than living my whole life a lie. So this is your reality and this is what you feel comfortable doing at this time. You know, who cares what your coworkers want? I mean, you don't even know if they even want to be there. Half of the people that you were worked with, they didn't even want to be working there. So, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy to feel, to make other people feel bad for decisions they want to do that has no bearing on your own life. You know, if somebody else wants to do something that's completely different from what they're doing now, and it's a positive thing, then you should encourage them. You know, good luck and find ways to help them if you can. Yeah. And if you can't encourage them, get out of my way. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, you, you know, there's so many instances where people, you follow their own paths and they make it, they make it something for themselves, you know, it it may not be, it may not be that this podcast, you know, becomes super big and you're making, you know, thousands of dollars, you're you're able to make a full-time career out of this, you know. Well, but it's like I was telling you, this is a, a very niche podcast. It's a podcast about BPD hosted (laughs) by two gay liberal minorities. (laughs) So (laughs) my whole life, you know, talking about labels, my whole life is like, boy, you really do like to um, add on those minority labels. (laughs) But they're just a part of who we are, I guess. (laughs) um, What was I saying? Um, you were talking about how amazing I was and yeah. how <laughs> depression. Oh, so, you, you know, you, if, even if this podcast doesn't blow up and it becomes this job where you make 60000 you know, $100,000 a year, that that's fine. It doesn't need to be that because you're enjoying, we're both enjoying this process. We're both enjoying getting to to talk to people and talking about mental illness you know, humanizing the condition because that's a big part of it is that you do hear these names or acronyms being tossed out, but you don't really have an understanding of what people are going through. You mm. don't have a face to say, you know, kind of like with uh, leukemia or cancer or um, some of these other uh, medical conditions where because of social media, because people are talking about it and you see these stories on the news, you're able to identify it and put a face to the condition. Unfortunately, mental illness hasn't gotten there. Yeah, I don't know. With BPD, we have well, Pete Davidson. So, well, and he's one way, you know. But he's one person that one famous person that we know of. But we don't really know what he goes through. He's not my favorite flag bearer. <laughs> oh my god! But my point <laughs> is that you don't really know what he goes through. He doesn't talk about it publicly. You know, we just know that he has a medical condition. 
where he has... Well, if you notice when uh, Ariana Grande and him broke up, and I think mm-hmm. he deleted his Instagram or, or something. I know. I Well, that's what I'm saying. The only reason I know about it is because CNN reported it. Mm-hmm. Because every time he does something like that... You, oh, I, you do remember this. Because they were talking about they had to do a wellness check for him. Remember? Oh, yes. Because, yeah. yeah he, I mean, that was a big story. There was like, Pete Davidson's having a breakdown. And he's like, no. Because it that's... Because he has BPD, that's but what he's going to do, right? But that's not really knowing that's what's the... going through. That's my point. Well, yeah. That's my point. <laughs> they're not really... They just are aware that he has this condition that he can be suicidal, but they don't really know what he's going through because he's not talking about yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. He And so I, that's why I feel like this podcast is mm-hmm. such a great thing for us because we're talking about things specifically you i mean i just talk about (laughs) well from my point of view but you specifically talk about your condition and what it actually what you actually go through how it affects you and things like that well i i'm very proud of the podcast i feel like it has blown up because i've met you know so many people that listen to the podcast Mm. and when i first started it i was just like nobody's contacting me nobody's listening (laughs) why am i doing this you know because i'm such an idealist (laughs) i was like doesn't everyone want to hear this story but there have been so many people from different walks of life that listen to it and and contact us and i'm i'm very proud of it so i I was I, i think that uh Everyone listening to this podcast, you should take away that if you are dealing with something that's very severe, very mentally straining to you, then it's all right to take a break. And even more than that, it's all right to ask for help. Right. Some people may not have um, support in their lives, Mm -hmm. right? You were fortunate enough to have a father who could help you during those times where you were uh, needing that help yeah and i'm sure there are people that have to power through going to work and feeling anxious and depressed uh on on different levels and feel like they they want to take a break but they can't they mm-hmm. need the money especially if they have families yeah right? but there is there is help that you can get even mm-hmm. if you can't take off work you know um there's medication that you can that you can get to help at least manage the the crisis, the the emotional roller coasters, and also you can talk to a psychologist. You can talk to a psychologist, and hopefully you have a boss or a manager that can understand. You know, if you bring this up to them, somebody mm-hmm. that can really understand, and you know, if you're a valued employee, they I've... will try to help you out right we talked about this the other day earlier Mm -hmm. this week about i feel like the best thing to do is to talk out loud about what you're dealing with if you know of course you can gauge your your boss you know you can gauge people of how receptive they're going to be but you know if you're approaching it in a certain way enlightening other people it can i feel like it can only be better for everybody well i I told in my interview i told um the manager about my podcast that's what i've been doing in my free time and it's really been helping me to heal and help other people and makes me really proud uh and we did talk a little bit the other day about uh you were saying 
if I go to a job interview, maybe telling them, disclosing that I have anxiety and depression, and I told you that can backfire on you. Yeah. And it can because you don't know how somebody feels about mental illness. If they just think it's something magical that, you know, that you're just making up in your mind or or it's touched them before or somebody around them and it's real to them. So sometimes, you know... Yeah, I mean, you could have somebody that does not really understand mental illness. It's a a a shot. What is that word? It's like a gamble. A sh- a shot in the dark. No, it's a gamble. <laughs> I mean, it, but you know, you take a lot of gambles every mm-hmm. day in life too. And but I feel like that's depending on where you're going to be working at, what the job is. You know, of course, if you're like if you're having to drive. In heavy machinery and you're like well i have mental breakdowns and sometimes i have bursts of anger then maybe they're not gonna want you around heavy machinery mm. <laughs> you know or you know something like that but i think depending on the job situation and the the people that you're talking about disclosing that maybe not at the beginning or during the hiring process but afterwards when you start feeling like you you need some additional help or some, you know, time time off or flexibility on your schedule. Well, I did fill out an application today that asked me if I have a disability. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't think so. And it said it had major depression there and also um, bipolar disorder. And it, and it said that they work with the government and the government needs them to disclose this, this information yeah. and that they um, it's not going to harm you, but it seems like they want to actually hire people that have disabilities because they get some kind of some companies uh, stipend from the government. Companies do get certain companies do get special help or compensation mm-hmm. by the government for hiring people not only that are diverse but also that have uh, disabilities. That was the first time I ever put yes, I have a disability on a because <laughs> they really explained and, it to me, and I was like, you know, that and and it's in my cover letter too. In my cover right. letter, I'm very candid about my mental struggles, and and I, the way that I look at it and, is that it only makes you a stronger person. You know, somebody who deals with this, it only comes out on the other side stronger for it because it's it's a big struggle that you have to deal with, and for you to be able to get out there and and fight for for what you want it takes a lot and i think the more people understand what what mental illness is in these conditions bpd anxiety depression the more they can understand that struggle and the effort the amount of effort that people put into going to work every day being a positive a person and and they'll understand that it only makes you a better worker for them, you know? Mm. And that's what they ultimately want, just best the best workers that they can get. And at least for you, I know for sure, you be, uh, as a side effect of this condition, it makes you a better worker. I mean, well, I feel like anxiety makes me a better worker because it makes me double-check and triple-check my work. Like, before I put in an order, I'm just like, let me read that back to myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm very detail-oriented now. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Borderline Idealist. If you have a moment, stop by borderlineidealist.com and click on our Patreon. Uh, you can donate to us and help to support us and, and support these episodes coming to you. We're asking for a dollar a month. Yes, a dollar a month to begin that would be lovely. We 
would love you so much for that. Um, and again, until next Sunday. Yeah. Hopefully it'll <laughs> it'll be recorded before Sunday. Well, Chris, it's all up to you. No. So <laughs> don't put that on me. That's all mm-hmm. up to you. But thank you guys so much for listening. We love you guys, of, of course, and have a wonderful week. Yes, we'll see you next Sunday. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. Follow us on our Facebook group and Instagram for more behind the scenes. If you liked the episode, why not help AJ and Chris reach more people and leave an iTunes review to help others discover the podcast. Together, we can defeat mental health stigma.